This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. glad you guys are here joining us this morning. I know what some of you are saying. Man, did Pastor TJ miraculously grow some hair? Uh, no, he did not. He's still uh, having the predisposition to be bald for the rest of his life. Uh, we'll let you know if anything changes. Uh, but honestly, seriously, uh, I have to give Pastor TJ a little bit of a hard time, uh, mostly for all those Teen Vogue magazine jokes he made about me not too long ago. Um, so... Uh, it's going to be an ongoing thing between he and I, I guess. But seriously, I am very grateful to Pastor TJ giving me the opportunity to come and speak with you guys this morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jeremy. I am the worship pastor here at Coastal Community Church. Um, I grew up actually not too far from here, uh, born and raised uh, in Colorado. Yeah, man, it's really close. It's just a hop, skip, and throw away. Um, but my parents, they actually, they grew up in Texas, uh, so naturally, I love sports. How many of you guys like sports in here? Yeah, I think most of us, but m- most of all, I love football. How many of you guys love football in here? Yeah, I love football. Man, I love, I love the culture that comes with football, and it's just filled with crazy, crazy people. I see a few Steeler jerseys in here. It's interesting, we're in South Florida, but there's more Steeler fans here than Dolphins fans. Oh, ho, ho. That was not an indictment on the Dolphin franchise. Just saying, just saying. Uh, But man, there's crazy, crazy fans everywhere you go. And there's crazy players, man. I love, I love seeing people like Ray Lewis. Man, you see him coming out onto the field, getting all jacked up, doing his pre-dance stuff. You know, people like Tim Tebow coming out when he gets... It's been a while, but when he scores a touchdown, you know, man, he gets all jacked up. You see his arms going all big and swole, and it's awesome, right? Right? But, you know, there's crazy people out there that are fans as well. Man, they're, they're passionate about it. I mean, like, like you take a look at this. Yeah. Have you guys seen an Oakland Raiders fan before? They're hideous. They're disgusting. I say that because I'm from Denver, mostly, uh, but man, they're disgusting. Uh, but man, they're not even the craziest fans out there. You know who the craziest fans out there are? Tim Tebow fans. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, man. They're crazy, crazy, right? Look at that. That's a beautiful picture right there. I'm sorry for all you Steeler fans out there. I ruined your season last year. But, uh, but honestly, uh, man, Tim Tebow fans, they're crazy. Uh, but what, what I love about this craziness, man, is that you look at them, and they're not afraid. They're not afraid to show their true colors. They love wearing their jerseys to church. Seriously, I love, man, I just love this sport, man. It's widely accepted for people, whether they're a fan or an athlete, man, to just to be a screw-loose person. I and mean, I'm talking about someone where you look at them, and you see them, they, they do something stupid, they do something crazy, you just look at them, and you go, man, that boy's got a screw-loose. You know what I'm talking about? Someone you just look at and you go, something not right about that kid. Something not right about that kid. Man, and, th- and that's what I'm talking about this morning. Man, these people that live an undignified life, man, they're crazy. They go all out regardless of the cost, man. They go all out living a screw-loose type of life. That's what we're talking about this morning is how to live 
an undignified life. Now, to understand what it means to be undignified, we need to first understand what it means to be dignified. Now, to be dignified, it means to be proper, to have, to have honor or uh, a high title. But really, these descriptions, they're not descriptions of us within the context of Scripture, but they're descriptions for God. These are descriptions that God has within Scripture. God is to have the honor. He is to have the high title, while we are to be the undignified ones. Now, to pull some grammar out on you guys, my mom, she's an English uh, teacher, so I have a little say in this issue of grammar. Uh, And if I didn't, uh, I am sort of a Google expert slash Wikipedia. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, Wikipedia? We're all experts in here, aren't we? We're all experts. Uh, But man, undignified, it's normally used... Uh, as an adjective, it's, it's used to describe someone or something, um, an undignified person. Um, but this morning, we're going to use undignified as a verb. We're going to put it into action. Now, the definition that we're going to use this morning is this, for undignified. It's the act of an abandoned heart, unconcerned about consequences, reputation, or control of things in this world, but giving all admonishment and attention and action to the one who created this world. Now, going to scripture, Paul really gives us an example or really sheds some light on how we can live this undignified life within the scope of eternity. He says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How many of you guys wear glasses or contacts in here? A lot of us. How many of you guys are nearsighted? You know, you can't see very good far away. That's why you have glasses, contact. Uh, You know, Paul is saying here, man, we are a nearsighted people. And we need to not be nearsighted. We need need to look beyond what what the things in front of us are. We need to move past that and start to focus on the things that are far away, the things that are eternal. And I love what he's saying here. He's trying to say, stop thinking so much. And you guys think way too much about the consequences, about the repercussions of small decisions that you guys can make. Man, stepping out into something that you might be uncomfortable with. I'll say this. You have to do something you've never done to have something you've never had. How many of you guys uh, have kept up with the Powerball? lately. Uh, It got up to $550 million this last week. That's pretty crazy. That's like one of the highest totals they've ever had. Uh, How many of you guys would like to have $550 million? Everybody's hands should be up right there. Uh, I know I would like that money. Um, But how many of you guys played the Powerball this last week? Uh, Let's see. Three, four? uh, Four of us. Four out of all of us played the Powerball, right? How many of you guys know you can't win the Powerball if you don't play the Powerball? You can't get $550 million by wishing. You you have to do something you've never done to have something you've never had. You have to play the Powerball to win the Powerball. For some of you, maybe it looks like asking that guy or girl out that you've been wanting to ask out for a long time. They ain't going to go out with you just by wishing it. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe some of you, you need to ask that girl you've been dating for the last 10 years to marry you. She ain't going to marry you unless you put a ring on it, right? Come on. (laughs) 
But seriously, uh, you know, how many of you guys like to ride roller coasters in here? All of us. Oh, sweet. That's a lot of us. Ryan, calling you out, bro. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, the staff and I, we actually had the opportunity uh, to go to uh, Universal Orlando uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, our, our uh, children's pastor, Deli, he actually, he doesn't ride roller coasters. Um, and with good reason, uh, the guy gets really motion sick. Um, so, but this day, uh, Deli, he was going to do everything that we did. Everything that we did, man. This guy was putting it all aside. He'd never ridden a roller coaster before, but today... Today was the day. He was going to get on. So what do we do first? No, we don't get on the ride. We go get some Cinnabon, then we get on the rides. You know what I'm talking about? Got to jumble it up a little bit. So we get on these rides, and, and we're going. And, uh, and Deli, he's actually doing pretty good. You know, he's looking pretty solid. First ride, you know, he was a little nervous, but he got through it. It was awesome. But then we got to the land of Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. I know, I know. So we get on this ride there, and, and uh, this new ride that they have there, and uh, I made the stupid decision to sit to the right of Delhi on this ride. And, uh, man, we're going along, and it's dark in there. You can't really see a whole lot. There's things that flash, and um, so you just get really confused. And uh, all of a sudden, I feel like this wet sensation um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get off the ride and I look around I'm like did anybody else get wet on this ride I don't think I was supposed to get wet on this ride and then I see it Deli lost his Cinnabon he lost all of it I mean, he's walking around help me he's looking like one of these dementors that were on the ride man he's looking terrible but I didn't make the worst decision there you know who made the worst decision? Pastor Mike. He decided to sit to the left of Deli, and he was actually wearing all of Pastor Deli's breakfast. It was disgusting, y'all. Let me tell you. It was, it was gnarly. Uh, but, you know, it was awesome. Man, Pastor Deli, he wasn't afraid of roller coasters anymore. It was awesome. You know, he did something he had never done before, and he got something he had never had before. He got a big-time butt whoop, and that's what he got. You don't throw up on somebody and not get beat up. Are you kidding me? That's what he got. I'm kidding, of course. We didn't actually beat him up. We took him to the bathroom, washed him off. Then we hopped on some water rides to make sure we were all sanitized. <laughs> but really, though, how many times in life, man, do we just stick to what's familiar because we're scared of stepping out into the unknown? Man, Deli, he stepped out that day. Good for him, man. I mean, he threw up, but, and he stepped out. He did something he wasn't comfortable with. But a lot of times, man, that's how we live life, man. We're scared of walking into the unknown because we don't know what's going to happen when we take that next step. Man, and that's, that's a scary place to be, especially in the kingdom of God. And we're afraid to take that step. Man, we're missing out on the blessings that God has for us in life. And I, I don't want you to miss that. Man, God can only work in our lives as much as we put in. And if we're only putting in 70%, 80%, 30%, man, we're only going to get that in return. If we're only putting in 70%, we're only going to get 70% back. Now, I want to take a look at someone in Scripture who actually exemplified this life of being undignified. 
I'm talking about a guy named David. We're going to take a look uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 6. If you guys want to open up your Bibles there. Uh, now, to set the story up a little bit, David and the army of Israel, they're coming back into the city, and they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back with them. Now, this is significant because the Ark of the Covenant, it meant that the presence of God was going to be in their city again. The Ark of the Covenant, it carried God's presence. And so, as, as they're doing this, man, it's a party. And they're excited, man. They're real excited. And David, he's leading the charge. He's, he's walking before the ark, and he's dancing. And he's dancing hard. I'm talking hard, like so hard, his clothes start coming off. Now, can you guys imagine, you're at the club, you're, you're at a wedding, you're dancing so hard, and you see someone dancing, man, and they're going at hard, harder than you. And you see, you see him dancing, and all of a sudden, woo! Their jeans fly off. Are you kidding me? That's dancing hard. That's what's happening here. David is dancing so hard, clothes just start coming off. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think he was doing like a Beyonce dance or anything like that. You know, I'll sing ladies. You know what I'm talking about? Put your hands up. Hands up, hands up. No? Maybe a little Gungam style, you know? But not, no? You guys, come on now. Walk with me here. No, I don't think he was doing those kind of dances. I've only seen one dance in my entire life where clothes can start coming off. No, it's not. I, I know what you're thinking. It's not that kind of dancing. It's, it's called dance, dance, revolution. Have you guys heard of this? It's the new craze. It's all, it's all the arcades. You can get it for your PlayStation, whatever you want. But man, this is the dance right here. Woo, 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 woo. Right there, that's it. Yes. Dance, dance, revolution. Holler if you're Bones. Bones, you know what I'm talking about. We've got a professional DDR here. But man, uh, but honestly, man, David, he's going hard at it, man, and he's dancing for the Lord. And uh, man, that's where we're going to pick up here in uh, 2 Samuel. He's coming back to his home uh, to see his family and bless them after he had just been blessed in the presence of the Lord. And he's coming back to his wife. It says in verse 20, When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. How many of you guys, when you go home after a long day of work, want to come home to your spouse being like, Hey, honey, you're disgusting. Right? That would stink. Are you kidding me? No one wants to come home and be greeted like that. David comes home. That's how he gets greeted. So David responds. He said, David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I don't know about you, but if I started talking trash about my father-in-law, I would be on the couch, not for a week, not for a month, not for a year. I would be on the couch forever. Guys, don't bring your father-in-law into the mix of an argument if you can't handle it. If you can't be like, yo, God led me. God led me. <laughs> in fact, I would just say, don't bring your father-in-law into the mix if you're in an argument. There you go. But he says, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. As far as I'm concerned, I'll gladly look like a fool. Church, my prayer for you this morning, man, 
is that, that you'd experience everything that God has for you. And that when you, when you look back in the course of your life, that you wouldn't look back and wonder if you had given every single part of yourself to God. But when you look back, man, you know with absolute confidence that you gave every part of your being to him. And in return, man, God blessed you in full. God blessed you in full. Now, I just want to take a moment and pray real quick. And I want to invite the presence of God into this place. I want to pray, man, that we would accept this challenge of living an undignified life. I believe that this morning, man, it's going to be challenging for some of us. I believe that that some of you are going to be challenged by this word that God is bringing to us this morning. But I pray that our hearts, that they'd be open to receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking this morning. Let's pray real quick. God, we just invite you in this morning. God, we ask that your spirit manifest himself here today. God, that, that our hearts would be broken and open for you to pour life into us. God, that we would be open to living the life that you've called your children to live. God, that we wouldn't be afraid of taking the steps that you've called us to take. God, that we would walk in confidence in your spirit and boldly worship you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now there's three areas that I believe that we need to work on in our lives in order to live this undignified life. And the first is this, is that we need to be a people of undignified faith. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Circle the word all there. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Circle the word all there again. You guys see a reoccurring theme here? It's the word all. God wants all of your heart. God wants all of your ways. He doesn't want half of your heart. He doesn't want half of your ways. He wants it all so he can bless you in full. I believe that there's some of you here this morning, man, maybe you're not struggling with the heart part, but you're struggling with the ways part. What I mean is, you know, maybe some of you, man, you're absolutely in love with Jesus. Man, you love God, and you pray to him, and you're in his word daily. But man, you're not giving to the church. You're not giving to his bride. Or maybe some of you, man, you're going out on the weekends, and you're partying at the club. You're going to the bars, and you're drinking too much. Maybe some of you this morning, man, maybe you're not, struggling with the ways part, but you're struggling with the heart part. Man, just like the Pharisees in the New Testament, man, they knew how to live. They knew how to walk the walk. They knew how to live in such a way um, that, would, that people would say, yeah, man, that's a good person. That's a really good person. But man, their heart was far from God. When Jesus showed up right in front of them and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, they didn't see it. They were blind. Why? Because they weren't willing to give all of their hearts. They could walk the walk, but they couldn't give their heart up. I want want you guys to hear this. Please hear this. God wants everything. He wants it all so he can give you all. 
Romans 8.28, it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you all you need. Again, guys, God wants to bless you. But are you in love with him? Are you living righteously? Man, are, are you living in such a way that God is able to bless you? Man, he's, give, he's able to give you everything that you need. And just like TJ says all the time, man, how's your heart? How's your heart? And is it in a place to be able to receive the blessings that God has for you? Again, we're called to live a life with undignified faith. Now, the second area of our lives that I believe we need to work on is we need to be undignified worshipers. Now, somehow along the way, we've come to believe that worship, it's about us. But it's not. Worship, it's beneficial for us. But it's about God. It's not about us. It's about God. Let me say that again. Worship is beneficial for us. Man, it's good for the soul. It's good to get our worship on and be in the spirit and let him work on us. But it's not about us. It's still not about us. Worship is about God. And somehow along the way, we've missed that. We've come to believe something entirely wrong. For some of us, this is how, the ch this is how we've chosen churches that we go to. You know, some of us will walk into a church and, uh, you know, we'll hear the worship and we'll hear it and we'll go, uh, that's not really for me. Next, we'll go to another church. We'll get there and go, uh, it's a little better. Still not for me. Then we'll go to another church and we'll get there. And we'll see a guy with a shaved head, a great, great looking beard. We'll go, man, that looks like the church for me. Right? I want, you, I want you guys to know, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to, to go to a church and, and, and be led in, in the spirit and worship and, and to feel like this is where God has called you. Because that, that's absolutely true, man. I want you to be where God has placed you. But, but if it's based on the style of worship or whether the band, they're no good or not, man, worship, it's not based on circumstances. Because there's people all over the world, and they don't have what we have here, but they're able to enter the presence of God because, man, worship, it's not circumstantial. Worshiping God is not based on the type of instruments or the type of good-looking worship leader that they have. <laughs> and it's based on whether you're willing to enter the presence of God or not. And for some of us, man, we go to churches and... And we go there and go, ah, oh, it's not the place for me because of the way that the people worship there. And maybe they get a little loosey-goosey with their hands. They get a little free. Maybe they wave some flags. They go, ah, oh, that's not for me. Or maybe you get to a place, you go, man, it's just a little too stale, man. They just kind of sit there like statues, and that's not for me, man. And there's more than one way to worship God. There's more than one way. There's not just one right way to worship God. You don't have to sit still and worship. You don't have to wave your hands around. You don't have to do that. But I see, I see you guys each and every week, man. I have the privilege to see you guys each and every week getting to worship. And it's awesome. 
Man, I see some of you guys out there, man. You got your hands in your pocket, you know, bob your head a little bit. Maybe do a little chicken wing and get into the music, you know. It's all right. You know, some of you are a little more bold, man. You hold the TV when you're in worship. Hope you don't get tired, man. You hold the TV. You know, a little old school TV. Maybe, maybe you hold a big screen TV. Man, that's where you're at in worship. That's all right. Man, that's good. Hold that big screen. And some of you, each and every week, man, you're telling me, I caught a fish this big. Man, I caught a fish this big this week. It's awesome. And for some of you, man, you're not really into the whole baby thing. So you're telling me, take my baby, please. Take it. Take it from me. And they're keeping me up at night. They cry all the time. Take my baby. That's terrible. Man, but some of you. <laughs> some of you, I know where your mind's at each and every single week, man. Your mind's on the game. Goalpost. Man, right there. It's on the game. It's all you're thinking about. Jesus, please help the Dolphins win this week. Jesus, please. Man, man. Some of you, man, if you're Pastor TJ, you're a pointer, man. You're a pointer. Get your hands up and point to Jesus. Come on. And some of you, you like FSU. Get that hatchet out, boy. Come on. Come on. And some of you, you're a school teacher, man. Please. Please. Get that hand up. Get that hand up. You got a little heartburn, too. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. I got a little heartburn. Come on. Now, if you're really into it, man, here's the big three right here. If you're really into worship, man, you got the village people right there. Come on. Rocky. Rocky. Touchdown. Man, if you see someone worship like this, man, man, they are straight up in the air, man. That's, that's a tough spot to be in. And they're going all at it. Man, but sometimes, I mean, I see, I see people going at it in worship like this, um, Man, sometimes, a lot of times, we just make it about us and how holy we look. And we're looking around to see if people are watching. Man, it's not about us. Again, it's not about us. It's not about how we look. Man, and when we make it about us, man, when we lose focus of God, we're missing out on the things that he has for us. Man, we have to make it about him. I love this quote by Oswald Chambers. It says, the consequences of abandonment never enters into our outlook because our lives are so taken up with him. And that's awesome. David, back in, back in 2 Samuel, and this is how he lived, man. He didn't care what people thought. And he says, I will become even more undignified than this. The dude got naked. He says, I'm gonna get more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. Man, that's crazy, man. When it, when it came to David and his walk with the Lord, man, it didn't matter what other people thought. Man, he wasn't afraid to go out and worship the way that God had called him to. Man, he was walking boldly. His own wife, man, she couldn't stand it. But he wasn't afraid, man. He wasn't, do, he wasn't doing it for everyone else, man. He was doing it for the Lord. It was out of the overflow of his heart. If I was to ask you guys, you know, what do you think heaven's going to be like someday? You know, I think a lot of us, maybe, you know, if we spent some time in Sunday school, we'd be like, oh, it's, you know, probably going to be streets of gold, you know, pearly gates, angels singing, you know, holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty. You know, but if I was to ask you guys, what do you think you're going to do when you get there? Do you think you're going to participate? Or do you think you're just going to watch? You're just going to spectate? You're just going to watch what's going on? I think most of you would notice 
that this question is a little bit of a loaded question. Okay, Jeremy, you're right, okay. We'd, we'd probably participate. We'd get involved. I mean, we're, we're worshiping the God of this universe, right? Him in all of his glory. Let me ask you something. Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting to worship the God of this universe in all of his glory? Because if you were to let go and step into what God has called us to worship himself, man, we would experience everything that God has for, for us. We would experience God in all of his glory right now, right here in this place, in this school. God's manifestation would come into this school. Can I get a hallelujah for that? Are you kidding me? Come on. God's presence would be here right now. Why are we waiting? Why are we holding back in our worship? Look, I understand for some of you, you know, maybe you're here with your neighbor. And you're thinking, man, they're going to think I'm cuckoo if I, if I let go and worship right now. Or maybe, you know, you're single and, and, you're, and you're thinking, man, what is, what is that guy or girl down the road? What are they going to think if, you know, if I just let go and worship right now? And if I get a little undignified. And it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what God thinks. And he's the giver of every desire in our heart. And for some of you, it's time. Today is the day to let go, man, to let loose and worship God with everything that's in you. Don't hold back. Jesus says in John chapter 4, He's talking to the Samaritan woman here at the well. He says, Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, but we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Guys, in order for us to be the worshipers that God is looking for, people that worship in spirit and in truth, we have to get to know the God of this universe. Let me say that again. In order for us to be the worshipers that God is looking for, we have to get to know him. Do you know that your worship is a byproduct of knowing God? And the more you know and spend time with God, the more you'll be able to worship in spirit and in truth, the more you'll look like the kind of worshiper that God wants you to be. Some of you, you know, it just means letting go, man. Letting go of all the reservations that you've had and, and diving into his word, maybe spending more time in prayer. I don't, I don't know what it looks like for all of you. But, but we need to get to know God. You know, when I first met Amanda, my wife, um, I met her in eighth grade, um, which was forever ago, right? I know some of you guys are thinking, forever ago? How old are you? Uh, it was in eighth grade. 
she had brown hair. She wore a red shirt, a long sleeve shirt. She wore these, like, these neck things. They were really tight, kind of like black neck choker kind of things. They were cool back in 2003. Um, <laughs> 2003, that's when I was in eighth grade. Sweet. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, but I didn't know her then like I know her now. Now I know Amanda with the blessing and benefit of having a full relationship with her in the context of marriage. And I didn't know what Amanda, what, what Amanda's dreams were then. I had no clue. But I didn't have the relationship with Amanda that I have now. Guys, in order for us to experience and be able to worship God like we're supposed to, we have to enter into a relationship with him and get to know him. Now, the last area, and really what I believe is the foundation of what it means to live this undignified life, is we need to be a people of undignified love. And some of you are asking me, like, okay, what does that mean? It means that you got to love the people that you like and love the people you don't like. Right? So, so you guys, let, let's uh, have everybody turn to their neighbor and say, I love you. Oh, gosh. Let's try that one again. I love you. Oh, man, you guys are good. That's really good. Man, <laughs> isn't that awkward, though? In saying I love you, most of you guys are sitting by people that you know, but when you turn around and see that stranger you've nev- never met in your life, and I love you. It's a little weird, right? Like, I don't know you. I'm telling you I love you right now. I only say that to people that I love, right? It's a little weird. But I think sometimes, man, it, it's really hard for us to love the people that we don't know, right? Just like God, man, it, it's going to be hard for us to love God if we don't know him. <laughs> man, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the most important commandment is to love God first. And the second one, which is equally and just as important as that, is to love others around you. And what good is it to love people? that always love you in return. I mean, I don't see Jesus living that way. Jesus died for you on a cross. What have you done for him? Really, what, what have we done to deserve that? We, we can't do anything to, to deserve the salvation that Christ has given us through the cross. But that's not what undignified love, love is. Man, it's not about finding somebody that can do something for you. And undignified love is about finding people, man, that they have nothing to offer you, but you love them anyways. And I don't want to sound like I'm perfect in any of this, man, because I'm not. I'm not perfect at loving. In fact, I'm not very good at it. I'm still learning how to love. And I'll be the first one to tell you, and my wife, she'll be a very close second to tell you that I'm not very good at loving. But, uh, but really, I mean, I've been married a little over a year now, and I'm still learning how much I suck at loving. Um, Amanda and I, we like to go to this place over here called CG Burger. Um, some of you, it's not a shameless plug to go eat there, I promise. Uh, but we like to go eat at this place, and Amanda, she can never make up her mind on which side she wants. One week, it's she wants french fries. Next week, it's the, the unbelievable onion rings that they have there. 
you know, she'll ask me, Jeremy, do I want the French fries or do I want the onion rings? That's, that's how Amanda talks to me. <laughs> I, I always tell her, Amanda, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. But I can tell you without fail, every single time, Amanda, she will never get the same side item as me. If I get fries, she gets the onion rings. If I get the onion rings, she gets the fries. You know why? So she can eat my food. Yeah. She says, it's strategic. It's strategic. I'm actually starting to learn, um, you know, that I can steal from her plate too. It's all right. It's strategic. It's strategic. I'll eat some of her food too. <laughs> but really, the, what, what I'm really learning and is that undignified love, man, it's in the small things. I mean, maybe it looks like sharing your fries, and as silly as that is. Maybe for some of us, man, maybe you need to ask somebody to church um, and that God's put on your heart. And you know what we have in a few weeks? We've got Christmas Eve coming up. And that is an easy way to plug someone into the church and that hasn't experienced the love of Jesus in a long time, maybe even at all. And they have no clue what it looks like to be loved. Man, and, and just as simple as saying, hey, just come to my church with me. And they'll, they'll love you there, man. I promise they'll love you. But I think a lot of times it's hard for the rest of the world to really see the love that Christ has for them and they're blind to it. So we need to get a little radical with the way that we love people. Maybe, maybe uh, it means going out to a place like Call Your City or going to SOS. You know, showing some kids and some families some love and acceptance that they haven't ever had in their entire life. As simple as making a hot dog for them playing some games. Maybe that looks like being patient and kind and forgiving to your boss at work. Man, who's just a jerk and just doesn't get it, man. Who's never going to get it. And they don't deserve your kindness. When we live according to the love that Christ has called us to, man, we love him anyway. Maybe that means going and buying some groceries for that family down the street where you know the dad just lost his job and showing them some love that they haven't ever seen before. You know, Michael, back in 2 Samuel, and she was selfish, man, selfish. And she didn't care what God thought or what God wanted. She didn't care that David was worshiping God how he had called him to. And all she cared about was how David made her look. Do you know what Michael's consequences were? The consequences of, of living the selfish life that she lived. And the Bible says that, that the consequences of her selfish life was a barren life. She wasn't able to have children after that little spat that she had with David. That's sad. And just one little conversation, and boom, she can't have children. 
And maybe for some of you guys here today, and you're feeling a little bit like Michael, man. You, you feel like, and you have a lot of areas in your life that you're just feeling that are void, that there's something missing, that, that you're barren and unable to experience fruit in your life. Maybe that's your relationship with God. Maybe that's your relationship that you have with your family, with your spouse. Maybe it's your siblings. Maybe it's, maybe it's your friends that you're going to college with, man. Maybe you, maybe you guys haven't been able to connect lately. Maybe, maybe you're feeling that void and that barrenness at your job. Man, sales aren't like what they used to be. Man, people, people aren't getting along at work like they used to. What are you focusing on? That's my question. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on being dignified? Are you focusing on on putting, on putting that dignity back where it belongs with God? That's the one who deserves it. And we are called to be undignified. Now, I, I want to pray with you guys this morning. Um, and for a lot of you, man, that's where you're at today. And I just haven't been experiencing the fruit that I want to experience. I'm just missing that, that part in my life. And so if you guys would just bow, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.